Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fulton. The Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Vault, Vault Volume, Volume 1. 1. Bill Dundee, Super Mix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Wrestling Tune in to the Wrestler Weekly Podcast with Mike Leotis. The Wrestler Weekly Podcast. Mike digs into interesting wrestling topics and conversations. The 2022 season starts in January with guests like Austin Idol, Nick Aldis, John Arezzi, and George Napolitano. Find Wrestler Weekly on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. The Wrestler Weekly Podcast. This is ECW Original, The Enforcer, C.W. Anderson, and you're listening to the Russellville Podcast, and that's the one I listen to because I'm an Anderson. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and today's guest is C.W. Anderson. C.W., how are you today? I'm doing well, man. Hope you are. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. I know a lot of people are very familiar with you from your ECW days and also with the work that you're doing now with NWA. Uh, for those who might be being introduced to C.W. Anderson for the very first time, give us a brief description of your career and what you've done. I'm 28 years in right now. I just turned 51, uh, January 7th. Um, I uh, hated professional wrestling growing up, didn't want to be a professional wrestler. I even thought about it. I was actually a baseball standout, got drafted by the San Diego Padres in 1989 uh, when all things like that fell through. Uh, anybody that knows me, knows the interviews and stuff, they know the stories. But I got into wrestling by mistake, just a chance, and it kind of took off, had a knack for it, just being a, a, an athlete. Uh, never got trained professionally or by anybody until I got to the power plant in 98. I got trained by Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker, Pez Watley, Mike Winter, those three gentlemen. Uh, got a job at ECW. By chance, stayed there for the last two years until they went bankrupt. Spent seven or eight years for Pro Wrestling Zero One in Japan, Shinya Hashimoto's promotion, uh, and just kind of bounced all over the independents all over the world. Uh, I've done some stuff lately with NWA. I'm one of the MLW originals. I'm one of the Ring of Honor originals. ECW original seems like I'm an original with everything and right now I've just been working with NWA a little bit and working with my promotion here at home and in North Carolina AML and anybody that's a wrestling fan has pretty much heard of Wrestlecade it's one of the biggest things on the east coast that happens Thanksgiving weekend same got same two guys put on Wrestlecade uh but that's pretty much what I've been doing Got just got engaged last year to a magnificent woman who's actually my valet as well, uh, Miss Brittany Marie. So uh, life has been quite been treating me quite well. Good, good. I discovered you from your ECW days, but years later, and that's when I got the network, and I was going through the network. Um, and uh, I discovered you in there, and I was discovering some of the people that you were wrestling and some of the matches. I was very impressed with your style. I was very impressed with your attitude and was really uh, surprised that 
you know, that was my first introduction to you. What what right. was it? What was it like in ECW for you? Terrifying in the beginning, since I'm uh, pretty much an introvert, don't like being around a lot of people. And you see when you see ECW on TV and see the things they were doing and stepping in the ring with these guys, being in the locker room with them, I was terrified. Um, once I got there, got comfortable and started learning everybody, started getting to know everybody on a personal level. It's one of the best places I've ever been. Guys that I consider family today, you know, guys I've wrestled so many years there on and off from the Danny Dorns, the road kills. One of my favorite there, Francine, uh, Tommy Dreamer, Jerry Lynn, anybody there I was close to. I never really disliked anybody. The only person I had a problem with at ECW and then down the road was Mike Awesome. Um, but anybody else I consider family and those that's probably the two best years of my life being there hated the way it ended it ended so abruptly but you know you just pick up and move on from there you know when you look at your catalog of work on on say the network for for example it looks like you were there a lot longer than two years it looks I mean there's quite a bit of stuff on there of you and so uh you know for you to say that it was two years i i kind of find that hard to believe you know yeah i got my job june 6th of 1999 and then they went bankrupt or stopped wrestling the very last show was january 7th 2001 you know january 7th my birthday and that was my 30th birthday the last ecw pay-per-view where i had my equip match um so yeah it was basically not even quite two years of a little about a little over a year and a half and You've mentioned some of the guys that were there at the time, but um, who else was there? Was Just Incredible there when you were there? Just Yeah, Just Incredible, Lance Storm. Lance Storm kind of left near the end. Uh, Steve Carino, Rob Van Dam, Rhino, Jack Victory, uh, Sandman, New Jack, um, Balls, Axel, uh, Nova, uh, Chris Chetty, Dane Doran, Roadkill, Kid Cash, Louis Dangerously, Sign Guy Dudley, who was my manager at the time, Bill Wiles, who was my partner for quite a few months there. Uh, guys, guys like that. That was your your norm of the you know the center ones right there. And ECW stands for Extreme Championship Wrestling. It you know it was unlike anything anybody had seen at the time. Would you would you agree? Oh, absolutely! Revolutionized the business. Do you think that that might have been one of the, the the starting points for what we're seeing in death matches and things like that? The the more extreme matches that we're seeing, yeah, pretty much, and pretty much for today's wrestling, it was the start of it. Uh, so anybody that doesn't like today's wrestling, which is I'm one of them, I'm basically at fault for for the stuff because we're the ones that started it. Right. I just think today's wrestling kind of took it too far, in my opinion. And and when you say you you took it too far, are you talking about like the the introduction of light tubes and stuff like that? Or well, I never I never did light tubes. I, I wasn't like that. It was just chairs, tables, um, barbed wire. A little bit later for MLW, uh, I never got to be around fire. Thank God, using that stuff. That was more of the balls Mahoney things. But it was just a precursor to you know what you see now. Guys have taken what we've done and they've stood on our shoulders and taken it to another level. Right. Yeah. But I guess what what I'm getting at is, do you think that like the light tubes and all that? I mean, for me, 
I can live without light tubes in a wrestling match. Yeah, yeah as, as can I. I don't see – well, everybody has their own taste. You know, the, the light tubes and glass and things of those natures, they have their little niche audience. You know, today's wrestling has their little niche audience of every different promotion. Um, some people like old school. Some people like the stuff they see now. Some people like the deathmatch things. Everybody has their own likes, and you, it's just what they like. So, you know, people loved us. You know, we're still talked about today, and we've been out of business since 2001. Uh, so to say we weren't impactful is, is crazy because I still can't get in the ring today without people chanting ECW. Even the little ones that weren't alive when I was on TV still, you know, find me on YouTube, find me on the network, and they get to see ECW uh, that way. So they're reliving or, you know, living what I did back then, and they're getting to see it. So, again, you know, they're still chanting ECW. It's still one of the things that I'm most proud of for that. When I have the chance to talk to you, which has only been a couple of times, but I always talk to you about that. And then when I've heard you on other podcasts, you know, people always ask you about ECW. And that's why that's why I find it surprising that your career there was only under two years because of, yeah. you know, the body of work that you did there was pretty incredible, you know. Yeah. Seems like I, I made quite an impact in two years. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was very impressed. I I, I watched several several matches of, of you and and just couldn't stop watching because I just you know I thought wow look at this guy you know you wow. look like you look like a wrestler you know I mean <laughs> yeah you you That's could wrestle <laughs> you could wrestle but you know you had right. your unique look and uh, you were definitely had this you know don't mess with me attitude and. Uh, you, you gave and took, you know? So. Yeah, I, I, was, I had the Anderson attitude and I was, you know, a lot heavier back then than I am right now, but I could still, as they call it, I could still go. I was 250, 260, 270 sometimes, but could still wrestle. And, you know, I've got told several times, even you know, one time Terry Taylor, that when they were wanting me to get in, get in better shape well, for like TNA to try and get, get on there years later, uh, Terry Taylor couldn't understand why. He says, you look like a damn man. That's the thing. Right. So that was one of the, because that's, you know, I had the look, had the attitude. Um, and like I always tell you, I said, you look like a freaking man, what wrestling should be. Guys should look like men and not little kids. Right. Which today, you know, there's a lot of it. There is a, there is a lot of that very small. I was talking to a, a gentleman that, you know, the wrestler in the ring should not look like, the teenager on the front row. Right. I know there's a lot of people that have that belief, but you know, today's wrestling really has opened the door for just about anybody to be in the sport. That's why I always say, especially on independent shows, the reason you can't get fans out in the crowd is because they're all in the back. I, I guess that, well, you would know better than me, right? Yeah. It's, it's hard. It, it was so much harder to get into wrestling. Even, you know, even before I was coming along, it was harder. Now anybody can get into wrestling. PWC Podcast with Rick Del Santo. For all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independence. PWC. 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 in the zone. Is it is it like today with what you're doing with the NWA? I've seen you on a couple matches. 
Um, I saw you wrestle uh, Kobe Carino. I saw you take part in a uh, empty arena match. You were on the, the sidelines, but I've seen your, your name associated with the NWA. And what is it like being a part of that? And what, what is your, your current role with that company? Current role, I don't quite know yet. It's still to be determined, however you want to say it. Um, it's I don't I don't know. You know, before before COVID hit, I had just won the contract in my one of my last matches, and uh, I got called a few months ago to come back, and they were going to put George South with me, as you've seen. Got to wrestle with Colby, and got to be in a gauntlet match before the pay per view. You know, be a part of George South Empty Arena match. So I, I don't quite know what my role is going to be with NWA. I just enjoy being there, just because that's what I grew up on was NWA because I live right outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. So, you know, Raleigh was one of the hotbeds for NWA. So that's why I love being there. Cause it's just reminds me of my childhood when actually I fell in love with wrestling, which I was like, you know, 14, 15 years old. Uh, before that, I couldn't stand it. They didn't want to, didn't even want to watch it, but just being a part of NWA in that locker room, because there's some really special guys there. And then being around Billy Corgan, who's who I'm a, good friend of with him because he used to come to ECW a lot and uh, he treats me well. And then Simon Diamond's one of the agents there. So, you know, Simon and I tagged together at MOW. We were close and I knew Simon way before ECW. So just, there's so many factors that involve with NWA that I love being a part of that company. You know, how do you compare it to like the camaraderie that you had with the guys in ECW? You know, there's a lot of people here in NWA that, that I'm sure you know, or you've crossed paths with and people that you've known for a long time. So what is, is there any difference in the camaraderie or, or, you know, is it very common for wrestlers to build a, a, a pretty, pretty tight bond with each other uh, in a relatively short period of time because of the trust that is involved with it. Right. Yeah. There's um the camaraderie is different because you, you know, with ECW, you were there every week with those people. Um, I remember one of the things I used to tell, cause I'd always go see my mom before I'd fly out. And I said, all right, I got to go to work when I was, this is when I was at ECW. She's all right, I got to go to work. She's like, you're not going to work. You're going to see your second family. So that's part of what it was like, cause you were with these people four times on the weekends. Um, so it's different with the NWA because you're not there, but you know, three or four days every few months, but, there are certain guys there that I am close to again, Simon diamond, you know, with George South being there, um, homicide who I've known since like early 2000, I'm close to, to homicide as well. So I got that camaraderie with certain guys, but not that entire locker room. I know the entire locker room because I've seen them on independent shows and things around, you know, like with Chris masters. Uh, I was one of Chris masters first match before, he ever blew up at WWE. So I saw him last time and I know Chris. Um, so guys like that, that I'm an acquaintance with, but not close to. Uh, but it, it takes seeing these people on a regular basis every weekend to get that camaraderie and stuff like 20 some years later, I still talk to a lot of the people from ECW, at least 10 or 12 people. In ECW, you you work with Steve Carino, and now you have an opportunity to work with his son Kobe. You know how how wonderful is that experience? You know, I mean, did you ever think in a million years that you would be wrestling Steve's son? <laughs> no, not really, because I've known Kobe since the day he was born. Steve and I were best friends for 
over 20, 20 some years, 25 years. And Kobe would travel with us. Once he got of age, you know, he was seven, eight, nine, 10 years old. This is when Steve and I were in Japan. So Kobe would travel with us and would have time with us in Japan. So, you know, he'd be in the locker room with us. You know, he's eight, nine years old, sleeping while we we're getting ready to go outside and wrestle. And Kobe's always looked at me like an uncle. He always used to call me Uncle CW. And I looked at him like a nephew. And I still do, I still do today. Because I've seen this kid crawling in the ring when he couldn't walk. And I've seen him take his steps. I've seen him to where he hated professional wrestling and was never going to be a wrestler. And the next thing I know, he is a wrestler. And Kobe's good. I mean, Kobe is – Steve and Kobe are different. They're, they're similar in certain ways, but they're different because Steve's, Steve was – was very intelligent for the business because that's all Steve ever wanted to do. Kobe is gifted athletically more to some extent because he does more athletic things in the ring and he's more of a, Kobe can do old school, you know, he can hardcore, but Kobe could also fly. You know, Kobe's very, he can fly off the top rope, which Steve never was. Uh, so they both have similars. It, you know, similar styles, but it's different because I've wrestled Steve a thousand times and I've wrestled Colby 10 or 15 times. So I see the difference in them. But there again, I'll say it again. There is the similarities. And a lot of times when I'm squaring off with Colby now, it's just like looking at his dad 20 some years ago. Yeah, I had the opportunity to talk to Colby a couple of years ago and he was telling me that, you know, he was started getting in the ring, you know, at six, seven, eight years old, whatever it was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so he's been around the business. I mean, that that's someone who, who really grew up around wrestling. And I've talked to so many uh, wrestlers that uh, would say that, oh, this guy was so good, but so-and-so was so much better only because he was a second generation wrestler, you know, or, you know, or there's just something about these wrestlers who are, you know, had their father or their grandfather who was a wrestler. You know, he said there was always something different about that particular wrestler who was a second or third generation. I think, yeah, you're right. I think the reason with that is because, you know, let's just take Stephen Colby, for instance. Steve got into wrestling, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, even though he wanted to be a wrestler. So, but Colby growing up in wrestling, he was backstage. He saw how we put together matches. You know, he saw the politics in and out of the ring, just everything on a daily, daily basis. And being around Steve, you know, because Steve was the booker for the Gaijin in Japan, bringing all the Americans over. So he got to see that a lot of how the, you know, behind the scenes stuff worked, how to put on a show, how to film this way, how to cut a promo. Colby legitimately grew up in that. So his entire life, has been professional wrestling as the word your first generations like Steve had to lay the foundation and the uh, for somebody like his son to do that. And once he did, you know, Kobe's 15, 16 years ahead of what Steve was. So that's why you see the second generation, third generations so much better because they're 15 years ahead. If that makes sense. Right. No, absolutely. He didn't have to go through a lot of the things that you, you know, you or maybe some of the other guys did yeah. at an older age, he was, he was already drinking the water at an early yeah. age. And so when and he, we could tell Kobe and Steve would tell Kobe, Hey, don't make this mistake. I see you're getting ready to do this or see this coming down the pipe because he's 
Steve's seen it happen before, but Steve's the one that had to pay the price for it or me or whoever it was. So we were able to relay that information to Colby in some ways, like, look, you don't want to do this because this is going to happen. And then he could divert it and not have to go through the trials and tribulations like we did. I mean, Colby's go he fights his own demons as we all do. But again, with the wrestling part, he's so much better off and further ahead. Um, and I'm, I'm really, really happy for Colby when it comes to that, because he is so talented and he loves it so much. And now he's got a little boy that's going to hopefully one day follow in his footsteps. You know, you talked a little bit about what you're doing with the NWA, but you also work on the independent scene. You spend a lot of time at AML. What's going mm -hmm. on at AML and, and what are you doing with them right now? AML is, a, uh, for the ones that are just watching, is a co company based out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. They also run the promotion WrestleCade. It's the biggest event on the East, one of the biggest events on the East Coast, if not the entire country that happens Thanksgiving weekend. And with us, AML, right now, I'm tagging with my longtime friend and extreme horseman brother, Preston Quinn. Preston Quinn was trained by my original tag partner, Pat Anderson. Um, so I've known Preston since he was 18 years old, and he's 45 right now. Preston had a little run with Ring of Honor uh, with the, um, oh God, what I was going to, I knew what it was called. But yeah, it was a few years ago when it was like a top prospect deal. And he got, chose his family over wrestling because to him, family was more important, which you can never fault a man for choosing his family. Uh, so he went that route. But that's what we're doing right now. We're tagging together, fighting Dave and Zane Dawson, the Dawson brothers for the tag belts. I was AML heavyweight champ for a while fighting with George South. And now George South is formed with us in a group called, we call ourselves the lineage. And we have February 20th uh, coming up. We at Benton convention center in Winston-Salem, we're doing war games. There's five, it's five on five. And on our side, we're managed by JJ Dillon. And on the other side of the Dawson's is managed by precious Paul Ellering. So we have that, coming up and they'd already pre-sold more tickets than they ever had in, in their history. And they've been in business for seven or eight years. So that's what, and last night, Preston and I wrestled down in South of North Carolina called Lumberton, North Carolina. We wrestled Ricky Morton and his son, Kerry, and, and beat them in the main event last night. And they had uh, Renee Michelle there. Um, also had Moose from TNA there, had uh, referee Earl Hebner who refed our match. Um, so it was a really good show last night. Yeah, actually was, uh, talking to somebody earlier today who wrestled moose last night fodder oh yeah fodder yeah great man that kid's so good yeah he's uh he's interesting to talk to and you know when you talk to him you you almost get this impression that he's been in it a little longer than he has but he's yeah. he's training you know he spent a lot of time with ec3 and he spent a lot of time with weston blake and so he's got some pretty good people in his corner yeah, and also the guy he worked, the promotion we worked for, the guy that runs his name, he wrestled as Nightstick Eddie Brown. He kind of started the same time uh, Steve and I did. He was up, but he was also trained by Steve Carino, so he knows his stuff too. And then also Fodder runs down to Charlotte every now and then and trains under one of my students uh, who has his own school called, named Lodi. Okay, so he, yeah. you know, he, he's, he's, he's un, coming up under the right people. He, he, Fodder's doing the right things. Talk to me a little bit about how important it is for – wrestlers to uh i guess pass wrestling on you know tracy smothers was really good about that yeah uh, i've talked to several people uh 
you know, everybody I talk to who has known Tracy Smothers, they all mention that he took time to pass wrestling on to me. He he spent time talking to me and told me how to do business. How important is it? Do you think it is for professional wrestling for wrestler veterans such as people like yourself or uh, Tracy Smothers to to pass the business on? It's, it's very important. And it's one of the things that I do on a on a every every time basis when I'm on a show. I'm always passing knowledge along because and, and Preston Quinn's the same with me. And Preston, if you ever uh, if you ever get to see him or what, this guy has more knowledge about wrestling than I am. He's just like Steve and he's just like Tommy Dreamer. He's one of these guys. That's all he's ever wanted to do is be a professional wrestling. And he can recall a match and tell you certain things that happened in that match and tell you certain things, certain people that were in that crowd. There was a match with Ric Flair where he said there was Ric Flair and Bobby Eaton were working for instance. He said, there's a guy there's a black guy with a high fade, like kid and play and has a yellow uh, sweatshirt on and he's hollering and screaming. And he ain't said he hadn't seen the match in 20 years, but he remembered this guy. He's that type of knowledge when it comes to it. But we take that knowledge and pass it on to the younger guys because we want to leave the business better than we found it. And it's just like, you know, knowledge was passed on to me from Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker, who, who trained me at the power plant and Ivan Koloff and Jimmy Valiant, Pez Watley, uh, Bill Eady, guys of that nature that I set up under in my early in my career and would ask them questions. I wouldn't ask them about matches because when I grew up, I didn't really wa I watched wrestling, but I wasn't that type of mark, that type of fan. So the questions are what I ask them about psychology and ring position and things like that. And that's the one thing they loved to do because they were passing that stuff on. And I can say the stuff I've learned in my career, I'm passing on to these guys because I want to, it's almost like Steve and Colby. We pass it on to these guys and hopefully they take heed of it and won't do some of the things that we had to do and the mistakes we had to make to make them better because we want to keep wrestling to a certain extent because if you don't, you're just going to forget where you came from. Well, CW, that was a wonderful conversation. I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, and of course. Yeah, I just absolutely. And before I do wrap up, um, I did want to bring up the 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 fact I we sent you out a book that yes. I included you in. I had the opportunity about two or three years ago to interview you, and I took a uh, I guess uh, about 35 of my uh, short stories that I wrote, and I put them in a compilation along with uh, 400 pictures from my friend, Jean-Paul LeBlanc. And what was your reaction of the book when you saw it? What, what did you think about it? Learn, loving reading the stuff, you know, with Tim Storm and Damian Wayne, guys of that nature, that you get to see some of their past and some of the things. Like myself, when you interviewed me two or three years ago, I had completely forgotten about the interview. And then some of the things I was reading that I had said, I'm like, damn, I was married at that time to another person. Um, so it, it was, it was funny to, to read the things that I was saying years ago and hear people's story, because a lot of times it's better to me knowing the actual person than the actual performer. You get to learn what people's struggles and things they had to go through and funny stories, because you may know CW Anderson, but you don't know Chris Wright. And so a lot of the ways when you get to do these interviews, you learned the person that becomes the performer. So right. I, I love the book and thank you for including me in it. Thanks for the copy of it as well. 
Oh, you're you're welcome. I, I enjoy doing it. And when I look at it myself, and the book we're talking about is Russellville, the Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume 1. And it has 35 short stories, 400 pictures. And it has uh, Harley Race, C.W. Mm-hmm. Anderson, Tracy Smothers, Tim Storm, Ricky Morton has a story in there. Uh, Mike Rapata has a story in there. And several people in the independent scene. So it's a mix of of veteran wrestlers and also up and coming wrestlers as well. So it's a good opportunity to be introduced to, to people you may never heard. Exactly. Of. So CW, I thank you so much for, for being my guest today and uh, we'll just wrap it up and I'll, I'll just thank you once again. Thank you so You're much. You're certainly welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast, where wrestling lives. Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your book today on Amazon. Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fulton. The Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Vault, Vault Volume, Volume 1. 1. Bill Dundee, Super Mix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Russellville. Wrestling, Wrestling.